Hello, happy people, and welcome to Office ADHD. Hello, everybody. I know it's a Friday, and this is an ADHD episode. But, you know, we might have to start just becoming a Friday show where we have all the shows on Fridays and they can be ADHD shows or random shows because I've got so many awesome interviews coming up. I don't think I can hold them back for every other Tuesday. So stay tuned. Also, remember to check out Fidget Pins on OfficeADHD.com and share the show with anybody you think would like it. Okay, today, yes. I'm going to talk about something that has been plaguing my life for years. The ability to read a self-help book. I mean, I have friends that read and listen to self-help books for fun. For fun, people! That's just like their chosen media when they have a spare moment. And I'm like, oh man... Like, I keep seeing pieces of self-help books and I want to be a self-help book person because I want to learn the things the self-help books have to teach to me. But some of them are so hard. Some self-help books are fine, especially the ones I can do as audiobooks. But sitting down and reading the text is actually difficult for me anyway. And so self-help books that get self-help booky. <sighs> All right, so here's what happened. I'm going to lead you through my journey to teach you how to read a self-help book. And you can give me your ideas too. First off, I got this book, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Many of you have heard of this book. Very well-beloved book. And I was like, yes, this book becomes so well-recommended. It's got to be awesome self-help book. I can do this. I can read it. Okay, so here's how I opened a self-help book before. This is this is my first go, so this is the bad way to do it, but many of you are going to probably resonate with this. So here's how we open our book, right? We open it, uh, doubters read this. I've already bought your book. I don't need you to tell me why to buy it. Oh, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go back and look at the flap because the flap looks like it has interesting stuff. What do you do? Tim Ferriss has trouble answering the question. Depending on when you ask this controversial Princeton University guest lecturer, he might answer, I race motorcycles in Europe. I ski in the Andes. I scuba dive in Panama. I dance tango in Buenos Aires. Well, this sounds like a guy that could get me because, I mean, I like random stuff. And now you're looking at the title like, why don't you think he has ADD now? I'm going to tell you. Okay, so first and foremost, I usually skip intros because I find they're just telling me to buy the book. And I'm like, I already bought your book. And so, yep, my story and why you need this book. Yep, I've already got the book. Okay, so we're going to skip ahead. Ooh, D is for definition. We're going to spell something. I like anagrams. Those are fun. All right, so I'm going along. Ooh, there's a conversation. I'm going to stop right here. Apples and oranges, a comparison. We are in D is for definition. And okay, we're gonna start at the beginning. Oh, there's a story. I like stories, except for sometimes yes, sometimes no in self-help books. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like self-help book stories fall into one of three-ish categories. One, they are awesome stories that at the end of the story, you're like, ah, yes, wise shaman. I have learned a lesson from you. Two, the story is like, oh, this person bought the book and read it. 
And now their life is wonderful. They have three arms and they can dance the tango beautifully. Aren't you so glad you bought this book? Yes, I am. I've already bought the book. Now tell me how to do those things. We're done. Ah, uh, those stories are useless to me. Three. <sighs> These stories are like sometimes kind of inspiring. Sometimes they're just like, were you being paid by the word? Did you did, what, did you send your book in and the publisher was like, we need more pages. We just need more pages, dude. And so you're like, well, I know a couple more stories. I could throw a few more stories in. <sighs> Tim Ferriss is a cool guy, but I think a lot of his stories are kind of like that. That they're kind of like, hmm. Like this first one's about like this bajillionaire that's like, my life is so sad. Because I'm a bajillionaire and all of these things in my life are empty and meaningless. And I'm like, he's like, we don't want to end up there. And I'm like, uh, okay, not a problem. Not, not what, okay. That was not the reason I grabbed the book. It wasn't my problem. Anyway, so, but I will say this, by the way, if you are just flipping through the book and this I figured out the first time going through, there are some awesome quotes at the beginning of the different chapters and sections worth the price of the book just to get all the quotes. Okay. So anyway, so I skipped, so we go through the story and I'm like, well, that wasn't worth it. But now I've read <laughs> apples and oranges, a comparison. Ooh. Okay. So this is a conversation between D and NR. Who's that? Well, I go back up in the thing. Cause I am a good skimmer by now. I mean, I've been through college, so I know how to skim a book. D are defers. Those who save it all for the end only to find that life has passed them by. Oh, that's sad. Okay, who is NR? Uh, it says something about New Rich here. I'm going to flip back because I don't see a big, bold NR. Okay, if I go back into the beginning, I see we're defining NR. Gold is getting old. The New Rich, NR New Rich, are those who abandon the deferred life plan and create luxury lifestyles in the present using the currency of the New Rich. Time and mobility. Like it. All right. Time and mobility. Good things. Okay, so we're going to read the conversation. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you because that would take like forever. So I read and then I was like, hmm, article, skipping ahead. Okay, so then I was actually trying to read the whole book. I was like, I am going to read this. I'm going to get the information out. So I like the challenging the status quo and I'm reading through here. And less is not laziness. I like that. And I also like the ask for forgiveness, not permission. I'm starting to resonate with the book a little bit more again. I was feeling pretty good until we start hitting some of these topics. Like here, there's like, you're busying yourself with the routine of the money wheel. Yeah. I almost never busy myself with routine. I have to train myself on routine. Um... Okay, de-stress, you stress. I like this. Here's where things really started falling apart. Well, actually, there's one more thing. Defining and conquering your fear. But this is also where things kind of started falling apart. Uh, there's no difference between a pessimist who says, oh, it's hopeless, so don't bother to do anything, and an optimist who says, don't bother to do anything. It's going to turn out anyway. Either way, nothing happens. We are not known for not being doers. And also a lot of this kind of talks about being risk averse. We are not risk averse. <laughs> People with ADHD, we are tend we are known to be like, you want you want us to try that new soda? 
yeah, yeah, well, we'll try that new soda. Hey, hey, you need somebody to, to pet the lion? <gasps> I'll pet the lion. Like, you know, like we're not, we're not in action risk averse people. Like that's, that's not the problem. Not the problem. Not the problem at all. This is where I really fell off the thing was first he said, adult onset ADD, adventure deficit disorder. And I was like, well, okay, sure. And then this is where he says he was making a thousand dollars a day, but he was banging his head on a laptop and cutting and things. And he's like, the goal wasn't specific enough. I hadn't defined alternative activities that would replace the initial workload. What? How could you not have already 50 million activities to replace your workload? I mean, what? And then he goes on to being like, drawing a blank. He says, you know what's really holding people back? Most people have a lot of trouble coming up with the defined dreams they're being held from. This is particularly true with the doing category. In that case, consider these questions. What would you do day to day if you had a million dollars in the bank? What would make you most excited to wake up in the morning to another day? Are you kidding me? How many of you just thought of like a million things? I mean, we all thought of the first thing first, right? Hire a maid. Just kidding. Half of you just said, go eat a sandwich. Build a farm for baby animals. I don't know. Raise jellyfish. Go to the moon. I don't know. We all have like projects. Having projects and having a meaning for our lives is not the problem. I mean, we have projects. Like, seriously, do you know how amazing it would be to wake up with a million dollars if you have ADD? All of the sudden your dreams come true and your projects can become reality. Did you know Bill Gates has ADD? I didn't know that until recently. That's why you can imagine his charity does all sorts of random stuff. He, he's into all sorts of random things. If there's all, like, I just found out the other day he was supporting, like, I don't know, vegetarian meat stuff. And I'm like, interesting. He's into all sorts of random stuff. Way to go, Bill Gates. You be you. I mean, I know people have feelings, but you know what? Whatever. Let him be him. I'm just like, I, nope. And this is where I started turning my brain off. I'm going to be honest. I was reading the book and I was like, you don't get me Tim Ferriss. You don't understand book. And I was like, okay, we're going to skip ahead because this section obviously is not for me. We're going on. And well, I was trying to read still. And then uh, again, he asks, what are the top three activities that I use to fill time to feel as though I've been productive and learn to ask if this is the only thing I accomplished today? Will I be satisfied with my day? I'm never satisfied with my day. Never. That's one of the things we have to work on. One of our weaknesses is to be able to tell ourselves, hey, guess what? You did accomplish something amazing. Just because you know how the one-man band could possibly work doesn't mean that it's not an accomplishment to still play one instrument and not the entire band. Like, this is this, this not. Oh my gosh. So I started skipping ahead and I missed some letters. You know, we had the D's for something and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what this stands for anymore. And he's talking about international travel. I will tell you what, Tim Ferriss is a huge fan of international travel. That is something I have gotten from this book. 
And I mean, I don't think he's wrong as far as like, I mean, I could go live in a tent in Mongolia and it would be a lot cheaper. Just kidding. He has a bunch of really good ideas for, for international travel and cheaper stuff and things. But I'm like, yeah, but do you have a family? Do you have children? What in the heck, dude? So finally I was like, okay, I'm walking away. You don't understand me, Mook. You don't get it. <sighs> so I took a step back and then I, you know, I closed the book, took a step away and I was like, wait a second. This is where the magic happens, people. Because this is how you actually approach a self-help book. And this is how I should have approached it from the beginning. What if I approached the book assuming it was not for somebody with ADHD? <sighs> Did your mind just blow? My mind blew for a second. I, what if I opened the book saying, this book is for somebody with a brain that works in a normal way, and it's written for somebody, and it's written in that format. So I can't read it the way somebody would read it. See, a normal brain can open this book from the beginning and read it to the end. I can't read this book that way because this book is not written for my brain. Perhaps there is something that could help me. So I said, okay, we're going to start the book again. And we're going to actually, you know, flip the pages from the beginning and see. <gasps> oh my gosh, there's a table of contents. When did that get here? How long's that been around? Fun fact, most self-help books work like reference books and they have either table of contents or they have an index. One of the things that I realized when I was reading the book through the first time was something that I brought up at the end what just a little bit there before I put the book away was that every time he would talk about travel, I was like, forget it. You haven't answered my question about how I'm supposed to do this with the family. And until he answered that question, I wasn't going to listen to him anymore. So guess what? If Well, and I was worried about the letters, right? What the heck am I spelling? Guess what? The table of contents laid it out for me. It said D is for definition, E is for elimination, A is for automation, L is for liberation. We were spelling deal. D-E-A-L. Oh, my brain felt so much better. And I felt so much closer to this book after reading that. And then I was like, okay, all right. Now let's see if I can find the answer to my question. So that as I'm reading through and he talks about international travel, I'm not going to be upset about it because he's answered that question. Okay, let's see. Under liberation, I see many retirements embracing the mobile lifestyle. Well, I don't know. Probably what? And it says page 230. So we turn to page 230. And guess what? He talks about a single parent traveling. He talks about people with, you know, families. He talks about people without families. He even gives some really cool ways to get discounts and sometimes to travel. He gives some really good tips and tricks. Ooh. Ah, look at that. Websites and tips and tools. Well, okay. All right, Tim Ferriss. All right. I follow you. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down now. Okay. Okay. So now then, oh, hey, wait a second. As I was flipping, I saw this thing that said something about last chapter, chapter, an email you need to read. Cool. I like that. So I think the biggest thing that you have to realize 
when you approach a self-help book as someone with ADHD, first off, you need to get a recommendation from somebody who understands you. For example, my older sister does not have ADHD, at least as far as I know, but she understands me and she will tell me whether a book makes a good audiobook or not. <laughs> if it needs skimming, then it doesn't make a good audiobook. So then I have to get it in a thing. And sometimes we have to skip things. For example, in this book, at the, in the very beginning with the D is for definition, there's a spot where Tim Ferriss is like, let's make out this big monthly plan. We're going to take pick four things you want to do and we're going to set up the costs and we're going to set up all these things <sighs> overwhelm overwhelm like that's that's all that this chart says to me it says uh no so you know what you're gonna do you're gonna turn the page and you're gonna say to yourself that is an excellent thing for those people who are born organized and who adore organization. I'm so glad that's in there for them. I'm gonna keep going and find those nuggets that are good for me. And I'm gonna tell you right now, before I had come back to the book with the understanding that this was not for somebody with ADHD, like it wasn't formatted in that way. The first time I read this book, I would have been like, eh, it's all right, it has stuff in it. Now that I've come back to it with this understanding of that, I don't have to read it straight through. I can pick and choose the information that applies to me. I can skip parts. I am a good reader, a good person, and I am using this self-help book to its fullest capacity by skipping around, but by doing it smartly too, by reading and saying, I have this question now, then going back to the table of contents and finding the answer to that question. By doing that, now I can tell you this is a great book. Would I recommend you get it as an audiobook? Heavens no, please do not. I mean, probably if you're a normal person, then it's an amazing audiobook. I don't know. Tim Ferriss might even read it. I, I haven't checked that out. He has a podcast, probably a really cool podcast. People love it. You should go look at it. But um, I, I would not suggest this as an ADHD person's audiobook. I would definitely buy the book itself so that you can, you can approach it using your ADHD brain. Your brain is amazing and beautiful. It wants to jump around. And that's how you think. That's how you make connections. As you read a paragraph or a sentence in here, you're suddenly going to think about something from your life, your set of projects, or your goals. And it's important that you then allow your brain to jump to that answer, to then say, okay, now I'm going to go back and find that answer that you read these these topics, how you need to get that information and your way is awesome because it fits your brain and it's gonna help you learn and become a better person. So I hope that now you are a little less afraid to approach that next self-help book. Let me know in the comments, either here or on, you know, on the blog or on Twitter or on Facebook. Let me know a self-help book that you've been able to approach and let's go on this learning journey together. Hope you all have an amazing day and thanks for listening. As always, thanks so much for listening. 
And if you want to know more about anything we talked about today, or if you want to be part of the discussion, join us at officeadhd.com. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.